0: interview is with Carla Langhorst and Peter Miller. We're, we're talking about the environment. We're talking about the conservation economy and their new book The Give Back Economy Social Responsibility Practices for Businesses and Non-Profit It is published by Self Council Press. You might want to check that out online. We talk uh, once again. We talk about a whole lot of everything on on here on face to face uh, with with our two uh, r- r- articulate, engaging, and interesting guests. Doing good and doing well. We talk about social innovation and social entrepreneurship and, and and what that means. We talk about how mindsets are so important to all of this and why you know uh, there's a lot of doomsday thinking going on and yet why it's important to still say to to still stay hopeful. Uh, We talk about ethical dilemmas in this whole CSR-like world and, and why there's a need to know that we are in fact doing good. Fulfillment's not about money, so Carla and Peter are going to tell us. And we talk about something called the why not community bonds and best social uh, uh, practices and, and how we need to understand the problem and so on. So please join us uh, for this conversation about the give back economy coming right up. Don't forget face to face live CA for more information about my podcast. We're coming up on 360 or thereabouts. I hope you find something uh, interesting to listen to and also uh, check, check face to face live out on uh, patreon.com Com. You can help us out there by uh, supporting what we're doing Uh, here financially to ensure that we can continue. Carla Langhorst, Peter Miller, coming right up, talking about their new book, The Give Back Economy. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We are joined by two very special guests today. It's always a pleasure to have more than one person on the phone with me. We've got a three-way conversation going on here. Peter Miller and Carla Langhorst are here today to talk to me about their new book, The Give Back Economy, Social Responsibility Practices for Business and Nonprofit. Thank you to you both for joining me today. Well, thank you for having us. So, I think what I mean. Let's just you both. You know, we've had we've had a little bit of a conversation before we, before we've hit the record button here. And, and frankly, you're both way too positive for my liking. So, <laughs> okay. uh, pay, page <laughs> We're one. We're Canadian.
1: We say sorry you, too. <laughs>
0: exactly. Pa- page one of of the give back economy. Uh, the, the the chapter is the new economy is here, and the and the line is the world is changing for the better, period. Tell me why the world is changing for the better in relation to what you've written, but also to to what you both know in your experience.
1: Right. Um, We actually argued about that first line, so it should be interesting to hear what Peter says. Funny, (laughs) funny. I will start with, um, it was really interesting because in all the work and all the people that we speak with, Really, you hear about doomsday, you hear about, you know, what's happening in politics, you hear about terrorism, you hear about climate change, you hear about all these really, really terrible things. Mm -hmm. And often it feels hopeless. And so what we start to look for is, and and what we're already seeing in the social innovation, social entrepreneurship space, is that it's growing. And it's growing because of the pain points of what people are thinking. Oh, no, things are so bad in the world. And so, you know, what makes change and what makes things good is people's mindset. Mm. If people want to make a difference and we have enough urgency at this point in time to start doing action, that's where we're actually seeing that this is the tipping point. And what we're seeing in the next generation, so millennials and the Z-Gen or the Z-Gen, however you want to call them, um, they want their lives to be meaning-making. They're demanding it. And so companies who historically were focused only on profits, well, that no longer works. So things are, in fact, changing for the better.
2: And it doesn't matter what size the organization. It can be a one-person restaurant. It could be a farmer. Or it could be a large organization like Walmart or General uh, General Motors. And that's what makes it exciting to, to be part of this movement, which is really
0: growing. How, how do you both, uh, I mean, I, and I know you unpack this in a very detailed way. It, it's, it's a very specific, very focused, intentional workbook, it seems to me, around this idea of, 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 of social responsibility and entrepreneurship and so on. Can you talk to me a little bit about what, what, what does social enterprise mean? What does social entrepreneurship mean? I had a text from a friend of mine yesterday who's in the financial industry. David, what do you know about social impact investing? question mark it's it seems to be something we're reading about more we hear about it more can you tell us a little bit about maybe not the black and white definition but tell us a little bit more about what it is
1: go for it peter this one's
0: yours
2: (laughs) in simple terms it's uh a business or an organization that runs like a business but gives back to community as part of what they do. And simple. it can be simple things or it can be complicated. Walmart is very successful in terms of, uh, they have a department of about eight people. And they're also a social entrepreneur in terms of some of the activities that they do, which a lot of people don't recognize. Right. Uh, so it it's really running like a business with a social idea that makes change yeah,
1: and I think what's really challenging at this point in time is the definition, so right. you said don 't give us a definition but you're right that we don't actually want to have a definition right now because we want it to be so big and so mm-hmm. encompassing mm-hmm. and so inviting that we want everyone to be part of it. Yeah, good. So a lot of times people will be like, mm, social enterprise, that seems complicated, or, or that's not my thing. I want to make a lot of money. Well, you know what? If you actually expand what the definition is right now, we're actually able to have more people being part of this ecosystem. I think that's important. On the same side, I mean, it is an ethical dilemma because if you make it so broad that anyone calls themselves a social entrepreneur, are we just greenwashing it again? Right. Or are, So there is, B Corp is now in Canada, and obviously there's a lot of corporations that are starting to follow that. Right. And so there are some more rigorous ways to approach this. But I think that having a wide open definition still at this point in time is a good thing rather than a bad
0: thing. Well, it certainly it certainly uh, in, invites uh, creativity. It seems to me, and, and, right. and a willingness to kind of dive in, hopefully, to have a conversation, to go a little deeper because there isn't uh, a hard and fast rule around what it actually means.
2: Right. Well, uh, and that's right. But here here's a really good one: uh, crowdfunding organization challenge uh, kids, elementary school kids to come up with a, an idea to give back to the community. The 7-year-old said to his mother, I've got a lot of clothes and pajamas in particular, and I could take those clothes and I could give them to an orphanage or to a hospital with sick kids. An 11-year-old passed a homeless woman on the street and she went home and she said to her mother I I want to develop a kit a basic kit for homeless people and she put together a whole bunch of items in terms of a kit and with the help of the parents it turned into a mini social enterprise yeah that's... so I agree with Carla you know if you put too tight a definition on this thing uh, then you exclude you know a lot of lot of kids what they can do this crowdfunding organization end up giving a hundred kids a thousand dollars each wow to further develop their ideas
0: you know you you carly you talked a little bit about greenwashing and i'm sure there's a lot of cynics who are going to be listening to to this podcast but but who are who, who probably don't necessarily believe in in a give back economy yet or who don't believe it, it's actually viable or can actually work because oh well, that means I'm going to lose money, right? So can, can, before we go into that, could you talk a little bit about that greenwashing and the corporate this idea of corporate social responsibility CSR? I've heard some people say that that notion is already kind of old in a sense that that we need to start talking more about this idea of impact investing, of of entrepreneurship and enterprise and so on, uh, because CSR has kind of a Uh, I guess, a negative connotation almost.
1: Right, And I actually look at um, social impact investing and CSR as actually very different ways of both doing good.
0: But they're both just
1: tools. And so tools can always be taken advantage of. I think that's the big thing. Um, So CSR, I would go so far as to argue that by not having a CSR strategy at this point, uh, is actually making me fall behind, hmm. especially when it comes to retention of millennials
0: hmm. uh, as they enter the right.
1: workforce. And I mean, they're, they haven't entered the workforce. I mean, they are one of the main drivers of the workforce right now. So the retention, they already don't expect to stay with a company. Right. We already know that as a company, that retention and turnover is extremely expensive. Right. Uh, the knowledge management within an organization is critical. And as the boomers continue to retire and we don't have uh, a succession plan, we're in lots of trouble. And so all of that is about retention of millennials. And millennials' number one reason to stay at a job is, obviously the social side is still important for them, but it is that it's fulfilling, and fulfillment is not just about money anymore. So by not having this strategy, um, I mean, greenwashing, you know what? Millennials are going to smell it out, right. and they're still going to leave, and you're still going to be in trouble. So most of the time we think about Friedman's that companies are only about making money for the shareholders. Well, part of making money for the shareholders is now actually making a social impact through CSR. The challenge we're facing still in CSR is that for every dollar that is raised for a nonprofit or for making a social impact, another dollar is being spent on marketing.
0: Hmm.
1: So wouldn't it be lovely if that ratio started to shift in favor of social impact.
0: Right, right.
1: So the second question being the social, or the second side of it, social impact uh, finance or social finance, that is just another tool that's talking more about our investment. So especially in Canada, I mean, financial sector, that's a huge part of our economy. And so currently, most of them are about, again, maximizing shareholder value and our investors' value. So is there actually a balance? Does there need to be a balance? can we actually make impact with
0: our investments at the same time peter you're a, you're a banker you spent many years uh with one of the largest canadian banks w- why are you now um working working in this in this world what why wh- what, what, maybe maybe there's a couple of questions here i guess what drew you in but but why aren't you just still you know working for a bank making money
2: uh let me get let me get do that with an example. I sure. think that's the easiest way. <clears throat> I met a farmer from uh, Windsor, who, and I said to him, I threw CSR concept at him, and he. It took him a while for it to sink in. He said, "Yeah, I uh, I spend five hundred dollars a year for hockey shirts, t-shirts, and I said to him, well, what do you get back from that?' Being a being an ex banker, and he said nothing. And I said, well, you should. There are huge benefits from an ROI point of view. Number one, you could be at the arena presenting those uh, shirts to the players, and you could video it and put it on your website, put it on your social media. You could do a press release. You could invite those players to come to your farm with their parents and experience farm life. And you could take a video of that and also send out a press release. So what has got me involved is the amazing things that our people are doing in this space. Um, So I was at, yesterday, I was at a place called Wayne's Cup in Markham. And it's a place where they... Adults are mentally challenged, and they're provided with a work experience and a life skills experience at the same time. And uh, it's amazing, amazing what they're doing. And, you know, they're charging the parents a small fee for these folks to come there. It's, It's just huge what I get out of this. Versus coaching regular businesses about finance and, and other aspects. It's, yeah, I very, think it's very rewarding.
1: There's two adages I, I like to use of like, it's not the why to be involved in this. I think it's the why not. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you only live one. Mm-hmm. It's been one adage. And the other one, you can't take it with you.
0: Mhm. It's true. The why not of being involved, you know, that idea of lost opportunity and, and what, you know, what are you missing out on? I mean, I just, you know, you brought up Friedman. I, I'm assuming you meant Milton Friedman. Um, yes. Yeah. The 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 social responsibility of business is to increase profits, right? Um, so, yeah. Interesting essay that everybody needs to go back. And when, when was that written? 71, 72, something like that? The
2: yes.
0: <laughs> part of the Chicago <laughs> I Five. I have Google. Yeah, part of the Chicago Five was Milton. But it, it really did clearly shape the way we think about uh, what I, I think, what it means to do business and what it means to make a profit. Um, well, Peter, yeah, yeah, go I ahead.
2: mean, as, as, a, as an organization that does CSR, um, by giving back to the community, they're building their brand name in
0: the sure, community. Of course. They're,
2: they're getting new uh, sources of clients as a result of that activity.
0: Is there, uh, Peter, Carla, either either of you on this one, or both? Uh, are we go- Are we eventually going into a place, and and who knows how many years this could be away? But globally, where all businesses will be social enterprise.
1: It, again, the definition I think will start tightening up, but mm-hmm. I do believe so. What we've seen over the years, um, I just read research about this actually the other week, which is interesting, is that over the years everything was about the commons. Right. So the commons was, you know, it's going to be the open space. Everyone was sharing it in parks, and, and that was just standard. It was only in the last century that the commons actually became um, the, under the government. So the government actually controlled it, trying to ensure that everyone was treated equally and everyone was being taken care of. And so things are changing again that the commons is actually starting to revert back. Right to the people, and it's actually taking social entrepreneurs to make sure that everyone is treating, uh, being treated equitably, and social justice is a core value of that.
2: And to uh, to add to that, <laughs> you know, you, you brought up the issue of banks. Well, believe it or not, uh, they're a for-profit social enterprise. Now, maybe a little greedy, <laughs> but... Uh, some of the work that they are doing is giving back sure. to the community. Yep.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, credit
1: unions are great examples of financial institutions that they are actually designed for the community, for the commons. It, they're designed as cooperatives as well for everyone pays in and then people can get loans from them. So uh, economy is really, it is part of what is important to equalize. Well, and even it's interesting as churches, they worry about economic prosperity. You wouldn't right. think so, but right. when someone is economically well, um, everything else falls in line.
2: Right. right. Erlo, why don't you uh, tell them about community bond? I think that kind of brings it all together.
1: Well, we, what we are seeing now, and definitely there's been some examples in Canada, um, and I think the States is also doing this, is how can we as individuals invest in our community? Moving forward, so can we invest in co-working space for the greater good? Can we invest in a youth center? Um, Can we invest in a cafe that's local so that we actually don't have a large conglomerates coming in? So we're actually seeing that people who really like um, downtown independent businesses are now being given a new avenue to actually invest in it through the community bond, which is a social impact finance tool.
0: So just before you tell me a uh, a little bit more about the specifics of the book the give back economy and and because it re- really does sort of, uh, read like a workbook and it's so detailed and so many ideas and examples and, and ways forward uh you I love I love chapter 3 on your social idea and and you open up the the chapter with can your idea change the world and it's something that uh that 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 I've always uh, often talked about with with my students and with my kids and and with the podcast that I do. I mean, I I certainly firmly believe that. I'd I'd love to hear what you both have to say.
1: Yeah. um, So I think that's what the social innovation challenge is all about, actually. So Mm -hmm. uh, in in the third chapter, we do talk about how do you come up with an idea. Um, And a big part is really understanding the problem. Right. I think the best social entrepreneurs that we've spoken to, are, and the ones who end up being really successful in, in creating huge impact as well as making sure it's financially sustainable, is because they deeply, deeply understand the problem. More often than not, they've been impacted at, by it very directly. Right. Um, either themselves or a family member or a close friend, which allows them to understand all the various factors and address it accordingly. Right. So that makes you have a better business solution in for-profit or a nonprofit and definitely a social enterprise when you understand the problem.
2: Yeah, I, I do that when I do my coaching or providing strategic support. A lot of people will come to me and say, I've got a solution for hunger and I push back and I say, no, I want you to define the problem and who is impacted, and how many are impacted by that problem, before you even tell me about your solution.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it seems to me uh, a lot of people, too, I mean, it's about the call to action, right? Oh, man, I want to roll my sleeves up, and I mean, I'm I'm guilty of this all the time. Let me just dive in, and and I do a lot of work, uh, and have done a lot of work overseas, international development, and often the mistake is that we 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 basically we fly into some of these places and say, "We can help, we understand, we know what's going on, and we don't listen, and we don't take the time to understand, and we don't really know what the context is before we implement solutions small s, and then sometimes cause more problems and <laughs> than we were there to fix. Sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. Yeah. Um, And I wonder, you know, to what, to what degree, I mean, uh, you know, we're talking about the same kind of thing here when it comes to, you know, uh, 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 social impact investing and so on. Yeah. It it really
1: is understanding um, what the problem is because of the social justice lens. I think, I'm sure you have lots of examples. I mean, one of I'm going to say my favorite example, but it's it's not a great situation, is how many people want to fly off to Africa and they want to build a school. Right. How many times, uh, like, I I know even, uh, I know many people who have actually said that to me. Well, what we know is that when people fly to Africa and build a school, well, they actually take the job away from the local people who actually get paid to build the school. So why not save your money on the flight there if you're actually interested in making impact? and pay for the school to
0: be built by the local. Right. So it's
1: interesting that we Absolutely. think sometimes um Different approaches. our privilege...
0: Uh, oh, Oh, I, I think too often those, those kinds of trips, those kinds of interventions are, are, are coming from a place uh, of privilege and, and, and sometimes a, um, yeah, a kind of, a, I guess, a misunderstanding of the more global sort of context, or, or never mind global, how about just specific you know, context, because even within a particular country, think of all the different contexts, the community contexts and family contexts. I mean,
1: that's just Africa, a very big continent.
0: nuanced you're and complicated right. ab, ab, absolutely tell me tell me a little bit about the book and 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 the way uh and what you're hoping to do with it i mean there's a download kit it's it's um you know tell, tell me about your demographic who you're after what what you're actually trying to do with this the give back economy
1: i think our challenge is we really tried to make it for almost anyone in business who wants to make a difference right. um so they're one of The very first part is kind of all the neat things that are happening that is causing this ecosystem to emerge in the way that it is. Um, The second chapter is really about CSR. Like you say, the download kit and it being really um, step-by-step. Then there's a lot of pieces about if you want to be a social entrepreneur, how to do that. I think this, for me, was the most interesting part because going into this, even though I've been a social enterprise and nonprofit consultant for a decade, Going into this, I literally thought, oh, you know, it's just like normal business with a little bit of nuance. And then when we started to really dig deeper of all the methodologies that they are actually using, it's business, but like twice as complicated because (laughs) there are twice as many tools and nuances within it. So digging into that, and if you can tell, Peter and I, uh, we have differences of opinion sometimes, which... Made, no. made it even more exciting, <laughs> and we really challenge each other something to really see how many different ways that uh, a social enterprise can in fact work. Um, the social finance Canada is actually pretty leading edge on this. Uh, I mean, the UK is is as well, and so many of the examples that we're seeing and as the different ways of structuring social finance and being creative in finance, um, that's definitely in there. We wanted to highlight those, so it's pretty much like a Social Finance 101 is, I think, Chapter 6. And so we tried to pack a lot. So even if you're a beginner, it gives you the lay of the land. Uh, But if you've been in this, I think because we really struggled with some of the pieces, definitely for social entrepreneurship and being very specific of how to do CSR well in a way that the millennials will realize you actually care, Um, we wanted to do our diligence there.
2: And I think another target market, because you know, a third of my different careers was in the academic community. Uh, I'd like to see it as a an academic tool uh, that could be incorporated in a lot of different programs within a university or a college, either day school or night school or online, and uh, so it would it would provide an education for a student in terms of helping them in terms of job hunt, that they understood the concept
0: mm-hmm. and
2: they could apply it as an internal, uh, uh, consultant within the company or, uh, and, and, you know, somebody who has some knowledge and experience and, and could, could be unique within the company could almost even create a job for them. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> What I, what, I, what I love about it is it's such a resource manual. And I think, Carla, you know, you could be a beginner. You could be somebody who's been in the space for, for quite some time. And, and there's so much to draw from it. I mean, just, to, you know, a section here just for those listening on, on granting, you know, key points, meeting with the organization, adhering to content requirements, partnerships, telling stories, be specific about outcomes and outputs and timelines matter. Don't forget to include the team. Don't forget to, you know, the classic. Keep it simple. And you've really, uh, you know, you've, you've done a deep dive overall but you've also just kind of touched on a lot of areas that are critical, it seems to me, to, to not only nonprofits, but to, to, to this idea of, of, of having a long-term impact in a social enterprise-like way.
1: Yeah. No, we've lived it. We know. I think it's just like a, being a solopreneur, I believe, where you're kind of the janitor as well as the CEO. Well, right. within Well, within social enterprise, it, it's that time, you know, at least two, if not three Um, With boards of directors, if you go that governance, I mean, there's so many different layers, and uh, there's so much still emerging. Like, we don't even know what the social enterprise actual definition is. Right. Every organization still has it different. So things are still moving, but um, we try to make sure that um, the book does take that
0: into well, account. Well, and, and talk, can you talk to that for a second? So things are still moving. I, I'm wondering, you know, somebody picks up this book who doesn't know a lot about it. Does it scare them away in a sense? Like, wow, <laughs> this looks so complicated. I, I can't do this. How am I going to change the world? I don't want anything to do with that. Thanks very much.
2: I think the well, I would issue there is is building the team.
0: Right, right.
2: And, and that was a chapter that I was involved in. And... Uh, the folks that I deal with are usually one, two, or three people teams. Right. And I say to them right off the bat, you've got to have even if it's a volunteer team, they could make a difference to help you grow, and it's not all on your back.
1: Yeah. And also, I think one really piece of positive feedback for us is someone who is a for-profit business owner who read the book and they actually reached out to us and said, thank you for this. Um, when I read it, I realized that my business can provide a social impact, too. And it is actually allowing her to make her business make uh, be more meaning-making for her. Right. So of course, she's already right. doing her passion because you have to to start your own business. Yes. But then to overlay that with a social impact piece, she's just feeling that it's going to be that much more re- rewarding for her.
0: Can. Uh, so, so we're going to have to sadly going to have to wrap up here in a couple of minutes, but I, I, I have a few more questions I'd love to ask, but can, can Canadian, can, can small business owners afford this? Is this actually doable? So yes, i got the book. I'm in, I, I, I want to create some meaning. I understand about retention and so on. I'm, I want to change the world a little bit. Can we afford it as a small business?
1: Um, well, definitely I would almost turn around and be like, can you afford not to? <laughs> I like right. that before. Right, um, kind of
0: the why not approach.
1: Right. So two pieces. I mean, CSR definitely its a no-brainer. A little goes a long way. I think you'll be shocked. And hearing people's stories of who you are, I'm not going to say that you, you, it's for them. You're not right. supporting them directly. You're going to get as much back personally as what you give, especially when you're having the relationship and hearing the stories of what the impact actually is.
2: Um, and, and and those businesses can participate in different ways, sure, and I think that's sure. what makes a difference. Number one, yes, there could be a social investment, but there also could be in-kind investment, yeah. and there also could be volunteer investment, and the payback for doing any one or all of those three is very significant, and that's, that's where it, it really makes sense. Uh, in terms of benefits. And as Carla said, why not? (laughs) The the
1: other audience is for the social enterprise. So if they actually decide to build their business as a social enterprise, where the social impact is actually as important, if not more than the financial side, we really dug deep into the financial section. So we recognize that that's a challenge. Many nonprofits, always say that finances and breaking even is the hard part. Mm-hmm. And so when we dug deep into that, I, we have literally, I think, 15, 20 different ways that you can make money that is nuanced as a social enterprise versus a standard uh, for-profit organization. And so what's interesting about that is that the focus allows them to be strategic about how to um, to really do that well. Because it is such a big challenge. You can't just keep on doing it. Our big focus is that as a social enterprise, if you don't have financial sustainability, it means you can't make as much social impact right. because you're not going to be around for very long. And, and that's a, not helping anyway. A
2: simple little example. My cousin started an organization called the Learning Partnership, which you've never heard of. But if I said to you, take your kid to work for a day, you may recognize something like that. He did that with no government funding, hmm. and today you started with twenty five, and now they're five are five hundred fifty thousand wow. on that program. Amazing, with no government funding.
0: Well, and I think you know that's a really—I mean, maybe that's a beautiful way to kind of wrap it up because one of the questions I do like to always ask my guests is, you know uh, you, we started out with hope and we're kind of ending with hope. Why are you guys so hopeful? You know, you know, depending on when you read the news, it doesn't look too good out there, you know? And, and yet the stats say that what is it? 99% of business owners want to give back into their communities, but don't know how, but don't know how. And I mean, okay, let's shameless plug here. Uh, you got to get the give back economy. I mean, this, this is a good place to start, but, but yeah, why, why so hopeful?
1: The last question is always the hardest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it often is. And you know what? Maybe we, we need to, we talked about this as well, I think, offline, but we, we need to talk about a part two for sure.
1: Oh, great. <laughs> that would be fun. Um, for me, I think for me it is the stories and the people who are the change makers. Right. We actually dedicate the book to the changemakers out there because that's the hard work. Yeah. But it's so rewarding. And what I think is that when things are really, really difficult, that probably is a good indicator that you're on the right path. Right. <laughs> and the fact that we have people who are willing to do the hard work, I mean, that's amazing, and that's really helpful.
2: And so many people will not engage with the community or give back to the community. And it's exciting for us to be engaged with people who will do that and to guide them and help them, and the, and the book kind of gives them a little bit of guidance
0: for that. Well, listen, thank you so much to, uh, for chatting with me today. We've been talking with Peter Miller and Car- Carla Langhorst about uh, their new book, The Give Back Economy, Social Responsibility Practices for Business and Nonprofit. Uh, you know, if you're a social innovator, a socially conscious organization, maybe you're just somebody who wants to change the world, it, it, it seems to me this book is for you, self council dot com and search the Give Back Economy. Thank you, uh, Peter and Carla, for your time today. Really appreciate it, and for your energy and your hope and your your your, your passion and commitment for for change. Thank you,
1: Thank you David. This has been fun. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.